Hello and welcome to the Corner 3 where we're posted up and spotted up talking all things Dallas Mavericks basketball on and off the floor. My name is Bobby Corella. Joining me, as always, Austin Ivan. Austin, what's up? Woo, nothing. I was cool. hoping there was more excitement like last time. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was better the last time, but nothing. All right, see you next time. Have a great weekend. Uh, also, Isaac Harris. Yes. Woo. What's up with you? Man, I'm I'm excited. We're two games in the book, in the math season, and we're 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 rolling right now. Well, maybe, who knows? <laughs> Full transparency. It is Friday morning whenever we record this podcast, so we're completely unaware if the Mavs won by 50 or by 49 last night. The Mavs are two and zero right now. That is a distinct possibility, but they also might not be. And if they're not, you know whom to blame, <laughs> Isaac. Okay, so. Uh, we got some overreactions to opening night. We got some fun stuff in the second segment. But first, before we dive deep down the opening night rabbit hole, I just wanted to get a couple like quick hot takes. All right, we're coming out swinging today on the corner three opening night overreactions. Isaac, what you got? Oh my gosh, overreactions! I mean, everybody was talking about the opening night Mavs Spurs, this rookie sensation big man. Uh, the debut, and of course, it was about Derek Lively. Mm. And the fact that Derek Lively outplayed Wimby in uh, game one, I thought was just an awesome thing. So Derek Lively, I mean, we know Austin hates the Spurs. <laughs> so uh, so uh, I, I think game one overreaction, I don't even think it's overreaction because I think Lively should start. I think he's going to be good. And uh, yeah, I think... Uh, even the broadcast, the national broadcast, was talking about how good he was and uh, how quick he's going to be the starter. Just showering him with love, and we'll get a l- much, much deeper into Lively potentially being the starter and a couple other uh, ramifications of that later on in the show. Austin, what about you? Yeah, I don't know if mine's an overreaction either, but you know we hear so much emphasis about starting the season strong, and we were talking yesterday about books, so I'm going to give like a book reference, like. That was chapter one of 82 for this season. So there's still a lot to be read and figured out, but we met some new characters. We figured out who's going to be playing a big part of this team. There's still some questions that need to be answered, but I'm hooked. A good book, the first chapter, you want to read more, and that's exactly what happened in the first game. And that's super important this season, too, getting off to a good start. Now it all might have gone to waste <laughs> if they ended up losing to the Nets, but uh, – They've, it feels like they've been chasing, you know, for the last few years. Like, it's just good to win the first one. It's just good to, like, get that, get it off your back, just like, and you can just concentrate on the next one, and it doesn't feel like you're having to make up for an early mistake. I saw last year they lost in Phoenix, and that was, like, such a bummer of a game. The year before, they got smoked by the Hawks, so they were able to recover from that one. But, like, it's just way better to just start on a high note. Who, you know? who would be, like, a main character in a Colleen Hoover book, a Mavs book? Luca. I mean, Luca okay. has to be the main character. <laughs> but Colleen Hoover doesn't introduce all her characters right away. Ooh. And also, like some Colleen Hoover books, like it's not who you expect to like do the plot twisting. Well, speaking of plot twisting, we had a little bit of plot twist with the starting lineup. Yeah, yeah. I was just trying to think about like, are you predicting a trade? I'm hooked now on that. A uh, good bit of foreshadowing. Uh, Colleen Hoover, who I definitely know who that is. Uh, <laughs> Mine, uh, there was a starting lineup surprise. So, of course, the, the main thing was like 
we think Derek Lively is going to be the starter and it ends up being Maxi Kleba. But look a little further down the starting lineup. You saw Derek Jones Jr. starting for the Mavs. Now, he only played the first six minutes in the first quarter and then the first like five and a half or so minutes of the third quarter, kind of doing like the Deshaun Stevenson thing to bring it back to whenever Jason Kidd was playing in Dallas. Now, I don't know if that's going to stick. I don't know if he's going to stick or if he's going to try out different players in that role, but I think it's pretty clear that um, – at least early on, that that kid wants to minimize the amount of time that Kyrie, Luca, and Josh Green are all on the floor. It felt like two of them were always on the floor, but I'm not sure all three of them shared the floor for more than like a few minutes. So I just wonder if he wants to kind of stagger that rotation and is maybe auditioning Jones, who's more of a defensive guy. Maybe we'll see him try with Tim or some other guys too um, to, to break up that trio a little bit because it felt like Josh is always a little better with one of them than with both of them. Yeah. Is that an overreaction? I guess saying I was surprised is kind of a, just a reaction. I, <laughs> I feel know. like all of ours were just kind of reactions. Medium temperature. Yeah. I mean, right. Josh still played like 30 minutes. Even you know, even Lively played 30 minutes. So I think sometimes we get kind of too wrapped up into who starts and all of that. And uh, you know, if if you're in the camp, which I am, I, I think Lively and, and Josh play you know fit very well alongside the other three. That you know they finished a lot with with those guys, and so we got to workshop our hot takes. I liked your take. They're making a trade. That's a good. <laughs> that, that's a that's good not take. what I was saying <laughs> at all. Take. No, I like that. I like that. Uh, mine was kind of mid. Isaac, I forgot what you said already. So hey, I was oh, talking about no, lively. You said lively's better than Wimby. All right, that is a good that's reaction a, yeah. too. Okay, we're off to a good start. We're off to a roaring start. Okay, so let's dive a little further into some of the some of the bigger topics, some of like the bigger things. Of course, it is just one game. So maybe, again, all of this is a moot point by this time next week. You'll have to tune into the show next Friday to find out. Um, it's, this show, by the way, is going to be every single Saturday. Uh, we'll also soon be on 97.1 The Freak if you want to listen on the radio or on um, the internet. <laughs> I don't know, wherever you listen to your – wherever you consume your audio medium. Um, okay, let's play a game, something or nothing. Is this statement something or is it nothing? Ooh. Is it true or is it false? Is there maybe, okay, there might be on to something, or is it like, ah, it's just one game. Doesn't matter. Throw it away. Uh, I'll alternate who goes first. Isaac, the crunch time offense is better. Something or nothing? Um, I'll say something. Yeah, uh, I'll say something. Although I, I do think it was a little bit of, you know, if you look at the box score, you look at some of the fourth quarter numbers, you're like, all right, Kyrie had those five points at the end. And, you know, Luca had these points, the Kyrie point. It's not like Kyrie was just running the offense and he got his points that way. You know, they came off of two basically like Luca assist, you know, kind of a layup there for Kyrie, that second basket Kyrie's in the corner for that, that first one there in clutch time. So everything was still running through Luca. Luca was still orchestrating everything. So it's not like they changed up a ton, right? In the, in the clutch, but I think we are going to see, I mean, Kyrie historically in the fourth, I mean, there's numbers to back up how good he is in, in the clutch. So I think, yes, it will be better this year because you know, you got two of those guys now. Yeah. I think there's something too. I don't have the exact numbers. You probably do, but 55, clutch games they played last year and won I think 29 so I think yes they can beat that bar they're going to be better they're going to win more adding yeah. Kyrie Luca's still going to handle the ball for the most part but yeah. when you add someone like Kyrie and then you have someone like Grant who is making a clutch shot down the stretch as well like that's only going to get you better so they're not going to win every game but they're going to win more than last year 
Last season, it was 55, but it was 26 wins 26. only and 29 losses. And last season, their clutch offense, uh, in terms of offensive rating points per 100 possessions, 22nd best in the NBA, despite being like a top five, top 10 offense for most of the years. So huge room for improvement there. Um, I think it is something that at least like looked good. You know, that last Luka three was kind of like maybe broken play. Like, I don't really know what to do. I'm just going to step back. And it went in, but the Kyrie three was good. They pushed the ball in transition. That was nice. So I think uh, they don't have to be incredible offensively in the clutch, but they can't be bad in the clutch. So as long as you're just not bad, I think that they're going to be good enough to win a lot of these games. Yeah. Especially if you're going to be playing 55 of them. Good Lord. Okay. Speaking about pace and Kyrie's transition layup. Is it something or nothing that the Mavs actually were like running a little bit? Are we onto something here? Or is it just kind of a one game thing? Awesome. Yeah, I think that's something as well. We saw Luca running. He was kicking the ball up the court. He was trying to get the pace quicker. Um, Kyrie talked about it, how you practice something all summer and then you see it translate over into a game that makes you want to do it more. And so we saw it could happen in the first game. So they're going to want to continue to do that. So I think they saw the success. They saw how it can bring more offense, how it can lead to easier buckets. And so I think there are still going to be times where they slow it down. Luca gets the ball. We do some ISO. But overall, I think the pace will be quicker. For the content, I'll say nothing. Ooh, I, I th- disagreement. <laughs> That's I'll, good TV. Um, yeah, I just I think when you have a guy like Luca, your pay, there's there's always going to be a ceiling on where your pace, how how high your pace goes. You start looking back at those like <clears throat> LeBron teams. I was actually looking at it last night and looking at LeBron's you know the, the those Cavs teams towards the end of the first run, then the Miami teams. He, they were never in the, the top 10 of pace. They were right, right around like middle of the pack, which would still be an improvement for Dallas to, you know, move up <clears throat> a good like 10 spots. But I, I don't think they're ever going to be a crazy high pace team because Lucas always going to be the like quarterback. Let me dissect the defense and do this thing. I mean, that's really efficient. So uh, will they pick up the pace a little bit? I think they do. But will it be like a dramatic change i don't think so i think they made a concerted effort to run which is something right uh now you can't really run if you don't get stops or force turnovers and the spurs committed a lot of turnovers and the mavs are able to capitalize on that the one thing that i'll say about pace though is proceed with caution because if you start trying to run 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 on offense then the other team might try and run 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 too so the mavs had 19 fast break points they only got 19 fast break points in nine games total last season the Spurs had 19 fast break points. Mavs opponents only had 19 fast break points like 12 times all last season. And so um, Rick, whenever he was the coach here, always used to use the term like we don't want to be seduced into playing this like end to end thing. It's like very, it's like appealing, right? It's like tempting to want to just run and have fun and go dunk or whatever. But if you do that, you might leave yourself exposed to them running right back at you the other way. So I think the Mavs, you know, I like that they tried to do that. Uh, we'll see if they can do that while controlling the pace the other way. You know, because you want to play fast, but you want to keep them from playing fast. So I think it is some nothing. You know, <laughs> like some something kind of. Um, Derek Lively the <clears> second <throat> Isaac, you mentioned him at the top of the show. Is he your starting center from now on? Yeah, I think he should be. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, if we're talking about main storylines for Game One, just how good he looked in Game One was just. I mean, awesome. I mean, it's just, you could just check all, you know, Mavs social media and just everybody just raving about Lively. 
J.J. Reddick, Richard Jefferson, and those guys on the broadcast raving about him uh, on the ESPN stuff. And so just, I mean, the double-double, just how he defended the paint, some of the athletic dunks and stuff. I mean, that the the uh, rebound, you know, the uh, put-back jam was just insane. You know, he fell on the ground and everything. And uh, you can tell Luca likes playing with him. And, yeah, I mean, he's the best center on the roster. Yes, he should be starting, but if – I mean – I just care about his minutes played. So, I mean, as long as he's playing at least 30 minutes a night, that's that's what I like. Yeah. Well, I mean, he didn't start the game, but he finished it, and I feel like that's yeah. more important. So he starts the second half, he finishes the game. That says a lot about how they value him and how they view him of what he can do when he's out on the court. But you talked about Luca; They pair so well together, so I think yeah. they're going to want to continue to have them be on the court together. I mean, what he can do on offense, the pick and roll, but also his defense. He's that back line of defense. He's an anchor. He's... Kyrie said something about like we made a couple mistakes and he was there to back us up and like he covered up for us so like he's doing stuff on both ends of the court um you really can't ask for much more in his first game a double double as a rookie on a big stage with a lot of attention going to a different rookie so I mean I think you gotta start him I think he's gonna get some starts but I think a lot of that is gonna depend on fouls so he only uh, only I mean he committed four fouls in the Spurs game in 30 minutes um we saw it in the playoffs a couple of years ago. Kids started Dwight and would play him for like five or six minutes, sometimes even less, and then bring in Maxi. And he said he wanted to do that so that Maxi wouldn't pick up a couple cheap fouls and not be available for the rest of the first quarter and like even longer if you uh, if you get a little too sloppy. So I think Lively's performance earned him definitely um, more consideration for that starting role. But in order to keep it, I think you've got to keep the fouls under control. We saw that happen with Josh last year. He would start and then get in foul trouble, and then he'd go back to the bench for a while. So uh, as long as he can do that, then, yeah, I think he's your starting center for hopefully in the next 25 years. Ever. <laughs> but we'll see. Okay, one ramification of him starting, though, Austin, is that Dwight Powell and Rashawn Holmes combined for zero minutes and zero seconds of playing time. Are they both going to be just – Kind of regular DNPs if Lively's healthy, or do you see them getting something? Is that something or nothing? Um, I think that there are going to be games where they don't play. I think there are going to be games where they get in, and a lot of it I think has to do with foul trouble, how he does, matchups. Um, you have a guy like Dwight who's a veteran presence. They know what he can do, you know, just bringing the team together and the leadership that he brings. So I think he is going to play some, but – Overall, if Derek Lively continues to improve and build off of what we saw in the first game, it's going to be less and less that we're going to see of those two guys. Yeah, I think it's more – it's kind of exactly what Austin said. I mean, I would say the only thing is, like, I, I could see Dwight getting some minutes every now and then just for some bench, you know, um, bench minutes playing with Luca in the pick and roll just because it's kind of like a break glass in case of emergency. If this something's just not working, maybe Lively's in foul trouble and you just need some type of offense that you know that can work, just throw Dwight out there and say, hey, run pick and roll with Luca, and y'all can do this in your sleep. But besides that, I mean, I, yeah, I don't, I don't see him really playing a ton. I thought Dwight was going to get a lot of minutes this year. I mean, I thought he was going to start for a while until Lively just dominating the preseason, but – I thought Dwight was going to get a lot of minutes because, uh, you know, he does commit mistakes and make mistakes, but everybody does. But he kind of, like, brings, like, just a motor and an energy to the thing that really not many other players on the team did last year. But, dude, Lively was just as active as, yeah. in fact, maybe more active than Dwight. Lively had five offensive rebounds, you know. Um, he was just a, a, a maniac out there. So I think if Lively can play with, like, bring the juice that Dwight normally does and he has all of these defensive gifts – 
then yeah, I think that maybe they, those guys are not going to be part of the rotation. I think the the more interesting aspect was the Mavs go up against this elite rim protector in Wimby and to try and combat him instead of throwing size at him in the form of Dwight and Holmes, they started with Maxi to like try and spread the floor. Mm-hmm. So I think, I mean, Austin, to your point about the matchups, like if they're going up against these big giant centers like Embiid or something, then maybe you want to throw your bigger guys at him. But if you're going up against a rim protector, then I think we saw like J Kid prefers the five out prefers space in the floor. And so if that's going to break the tie, then yeah, maybe there's, I mean, health permitting. I don't know how much of a role there is for those two guys right now. Yeah. But of course it is one game. It's just one game. Um, okay. This is kind of a, an, maybe an overreaction. Uh-oh. Grant Williams will average, he had 17 points. Uh, he will average 15 points per game. Isaac. Man, I've been really high on him when it comes to like three-point attempts and how, how I think he's going to average like seven or eight three-point attempts uh, per game this year. But 15, so last year he averaged eight in Boston uh, around 26 minutes a game. So he got 35 uh, minutes on opening night. That's a gosh. lot of minutes. That is a lot of minutes. He took eight threes too. Uh, you said 15? 15 points per game. You got 17 in game. Ah, oh, that's a good number. That's a, that's a lot of points. I'll take I'll take a little bit under that. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I think it's around like 13, 14. So you're just that's a big fat nothing. <laughs> yeah, I guess nothing. I don't like saying that though because I feel like it goes against. So like, you're a Grant Williams hater. <laughs> stop it. You're a doubter. Stop it. Grant, pin it, pin it right on the no, bulletin I love board. Grant. This guy um, doesn't believe You're just giving him like motivation this. to score that now every game. But I how can't. selfless of him. Right? I, I think <laughs> I'm like contradicting myself because I'm like, hey, he's gonna like hit all these threes this year, but he's not gonna average 15 points a game. Um, but even that, yeah, I'm, okay, I'll take 14. I'll still say under, a little under. <laughs> 14.8. Almost talk myself into it. Uh, um, I'm with you. I think it will be close, but I think it will be a little bit under. He's going to get the opportunities for those shots. Like, yeah. so it's if he makes them, if he knocks them down when he gets them. We saw multiple corner threes, like playing with Luke and Kyrie. He's going to get those opportunities with how much attention they draw. If they can get to the paint, he finds those open spots. He's going to get chances to shoot the ball. So it really just depends on if he knocks them down or if he, yeah. you, know, you know, passes it and tries to move the ball even more. But I think it'll be close. A little bit. I mean, who's the third leading scorer on this team? That's a really good question. We know we know Tim's going to shoot it. Grant and Tim. I mean, they were both kind of vying for it. Yeah, Tim took fourteen shots. Yeah, I mean, he was third in attempts, right? I think. I think so. Yeah. Um, I think that he is going to average a career high in points per thirty-six minutes and in points per game, but in points per thirty-six minutes. So the last two years in Boston, eleven point six and eleven point three points per thirty-six minutes. I think he's going to jump past that. I'm not sure he gets to fifteen points per game. But if he takes seven threes per game and makes two and a half of them, that's already what <laughs> I should have made that easier on myself. <laughs> wow. That's like eight or nine points almost, you know, just from the threes and then a couple free throws and then a layup. That's 13. So I think he's going to get close to 15 and he's going to set a new high in points per 36 minutes. Uh, <laughs> I guess we're all a bunch of Grant Williams haters. What's the deal? That's not true. <laughs> 15 points per game is a lot. I would actually, I'm curious. Have the Mavs had a guy in the in the Luca era, other than like Luca and KP, or um, you know Luca and like Kyrie last season? Have the Mavs had a third player on their team average fifteen a game? Like did Tim did Tim ever get to like seventeen for example, or eighteen? 
or have, have has the third guy always been like 14 points? Um, Tim did get to 16.6 a game in the 2021 season, and that's off mostly threes. I mean, he made three threes a game that year. So um, I think Grant could get there. Well, you look at even last year, you know, um, Dorian and Reggie, they they still didn't attempt that that many threes, uh, just around like five a game for both of those guys. So if if Grant shoots seven or eight a game, then it gives him that opportunity that he can get up to that 15 number. All right, last couple real quick. What's more real? What's the something and what's the nothing? The Mavs defense in the first quarter, that allowed 43 points, and it looked really uncomfortable for a minute. Or the Mavs defense in the second through fourth quarter, which looked a little more professional. <laughs> yeah, Austin, you got this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's somewhere in between. I think there's still going to be moments where, you know, they're giving up more points than they would like, but I think it's about getting timely stops, and that's what the Mavericks did, you know figured out, made the adjustments, what they need to do as the game progressed, and I think that's probably going to continue. Defense down the stretch is very good. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't think defense is going to be their calling card. I think they're going to beat teams, and um, their path to being a a, a top team in the league (laughs) revolves around their offense. Um, But can they get middle of the pack defensively? That's the goal. Last one. Jaden Hardy, DNP. Seth Curry played like two minutes. Are they playing at all? We talked about the them versus Tim. Like they're all vying for minutes. Tim had a pretty good first half, and he got the call in the second half. Like, are they are they in or are they out? Is that something or nothing? Very quick. I don't think both of them can be. So if it is, it's just going to be one. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if it's even that. If Tim's making his shots, if Grant's making threes more than we expected, or he has in the past, so. I think it depends on the other guys and what they do first. It's them two, Tim and Exum, and Exum and Tim got to call the first game, and I think that's how it's going to stay for a bit. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It is only chapter one, page one. <laughs> it's a long book. Uh, coming up next, which Maverick picked the Diamondbacks to win the World Series? We'll get into it here on the Corner 3. Welcome back to the Corner 3. It is Bobby. It is Austin. It is Isaac. We are here hanging out, basking in the glory of the Mavs opening night win a few days later, and hopefully their home opening win, too. Um, I just want to say again, it's Friday late morning. Um, there's like a 92% chance that I'm going to tear up at the Dorian (laughs) tribute video tonight. I'm calling my shot right now. So, uh, comment below with how many tears you shed during (laughs) that thing. Uh, we're going to talk about them here in a second. Uh, but first there was a little bit of news that came out the day before opening night, I think. Uh, or maybe two days before opening night. I don't remember. Two days. Two days, yeah. two days before opening night. Okay. Time is just, you know, it just goes. Just flying by <laughs> yeah, it's already. Just, it's so weird. <laughs> um, Josh Green, the guy that we didn't mention at all in the first segment, he signed a contract extension with the Mavs, reportedly a three-year deal, reportedly worth Dirk dollars. Um, not a bad deal for him. Congratulations, Josh, and also good job to the Mavs to get that taken care of. Had they not agreed uh, on, a, on a contract number and years and all that stuff, he would have entered restricted free agency this summer. And as we all know, nothing ever uh, bad goes uh, happens wrong in restricted free agency with players that are on the maps that they drafted. So uh, it's cool that we got to avoid that situation. Uh, what are y'all's thoughts on uh, Josh's deal? <laughs> I think it was a fair deal for both for both sides. Um, I think it's good that they got it out of the way. Josh can, you know, focus on basketball in a way it's, a sense of relief, not having to think about it, but in a way it's more motivation now proving that he deserves that contract, proving what he is worth. And so um, I think it works out for both guys. Um, Richard Jefferson on the broadcast talked about how 
Jason Kidd would tell him, like, once you get that contract from that day forward, you're working for your next contract now. So you have to have that mindset where it's like you're not satisfied just because you got paid, just because you got the contract. You have to stay motivated. And I think Josh will be. I'm super excited for him. You know, you look at how he came into the league out of Arizona. He comes into that, you know, the COVID draft, if you want to say that. You know, the draft happens in November. It's like, man, how do you even, like, project this draft class? And he goes 18. There's a little bit of drama around, you know, some of those picks and even in the Mavs world and, and, and all of that. And, you know, he comes in and you kind of, for me, I kind of unfairly um, – uh, kind of judged him early on, uh, you know, or kind of tried to put a cap on what his career would be. And I had to like really kind of step back and reevaluate it after a few years and be like, all right, his start to the league was just different than pretty much any other draft class ever. And it's kind of, you know, a little unfair to him. And just to see his growth over the past like few years and seeing that, you know, I think back to that Rudy Gobert moment and, you know, Rudy's just like watching him in the playoffs, just like dribble around in circles because Josh is like, I'm not going to shoot it. It was uncomfortable. (laughs) It was so uncomfortable. Uh, But you look at the growth even from, you know, the year – two years ago to last year, even in, you know, catch and shoot shots. And you look at his percentage, you know, it's 33% up to 41% in catch and shoot shots last year. And for him, that is like the key, his shot. He's got to shoot it efficiently if you're going to play on the wing alongside Luca and Kyrie. And, you know, I always kind of uh, characterized him as, uh, I don't know if you, y'all had somebody who played in high school basketball, like the the uh, running back on your football team. And, but he also played, he also played uh, basketball and it's like, you almost kind of just unleash him out on the floor. You're like, dude, you're super athletic, but you're just going to get out there and just run around and you're going to make mistakes. And that was kind of what I felt like Josh Green was early on. And now it feels like he's calmed down. He feels more confident. The shot seems more fluid and confident. He's shooting it better. Shot 40% from three last year. And he's, he's, I think he is about to turn 23 here in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. So he's super young. Uh, I'm excited for him. I'm excited for the Mavs, too. I thought it was a really good deal uh, to keep him around for a few more years. And, uh, yeah, see how he grows with Luca and them. Yeah, a couple of things about the dollars and cents and years on that contract. So it's a three-year extension. Um, ordinarily, a lot of rookies sign, like, most of the rookies, it feels like, that do sign extensions sign, like, the five-year max deals. So, like, for five years and $272 bazillion dollars. Um, it felt like there were a lot more deals like Josh, uh, Denny Avdia signed a couple other guys signed like shorter term deals, these three-year extensions for not maximum dollars, but they still got paid quite a bit. Um, three years for 41 is the reported deal with Josh, which is about the mid-level exception money. Grant Williams, this summer signed for four years, like 53 or 54, uh, reportedly. So it's still a hefty chunk of change. Um, but the three number is important because you have a four-year rookie deal and then three years on your extension. At the end of that deal, it takes you to seven years. And a- after seven years of service at the NBA level, you can make a higher percentage of the cap on your next contract. So I think a lot of guys signed like shorter-term deals so that they can get their next contract sooner. And also they reach that seven-year threshold where they can make more money if they continue progressing. Um, Isaac, to your point, doesn't turn 23 until November 16th. Um, he has taken massive leaps every season. His rookie year, he shot 16% from three, which is really, <laughs> really a, not a pretty number. Uh, last year, shot 40%. And this year, he's taken like pull up mid range shots yeah. and he's going to the basket hard and he's still finding guys. And I think that, you know, whether or not he starts, I think especially if he comes off the bench, then he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot more whenever there's only one of Luca or Kyrie. 
on the floor or maybe neither of them and he's kind of like your de facto point guard and I think that's where he's at his best I think if you uh, if you just stick him in the corner and he doesn't touch the ball he just kind of becomes a shooter and he's still like sort of a reluctant shooter so I think putting him in a situation where he can have the ball in his hands more is a, a, a the, the best utilization of his skills and I think uh, his next step is becoming a more confident shooter and then also becoming a more impactful defender without fouling. Again, in that season opener against the Spurs, four fouls. He has a lot of energy. He's going around there, you know, like, you know, he is the running back. He's, like, super athletic, and he's trying to block shots. He's trying to use his body, and he's guarding quicker players. But you got to have really good technique, too, in order to avoid picking up cheap fouls. So I think that's the thing to watch for him. But he's good enough at everything else already to where you can play him through those mistakes. Like, and he's earned J-Kid's trust and all that stuff. So – um, that's really, really important. So, yeah, hats off to everybody involved, and, and hopefully it works out for all of them. Um, okay, I'm getting emotional just thinking about it now. So Friday night, Mavs versus Nets. Dorian Finney-Smith returned to Dallas. Spencer Dinwiddie returned to Dallas, and a longtime personal favorite of yours truly, Dennis Smith Jr., returned to Dallas. The Brooklyn Nets are just basically building the Mavs on the East Coast here. Um, just want to shout out those three uh, fine gentlemen for uh, their contributions during their time with the Mavs. Uh, I don't really know what to say about it, uh, so I just want to open the floor. <laughs> just let it, We're just having a conversation here, uh, talking about some, some of our faves. Uh, what do you think about these guys? What do they mean to you? Uh, do they mean anything? Do you hate one of them oh. secretly? No. Like, let's talk about it. Let, let's, let's, let's get to know each other. No, I have a funny story about Dennis Smith Jr. Though. Okay. Um, my first Mavs media day, I interviewed him, and at the end, I asked, like, funny or just, like, fun questions, and one of them was, like, do you have any nicknames? And he's like, yeah, Junebug. And I was like, oh, okay. And so I was like, thanks, Junebug, like, whatever. And he goes, no, 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 you can't call me that, though. And I was like, well, you just told me that was your nickname. He was like, only my grandma can call me that. So then every time after that for the rest of the year, I'd be like, what's up, Junebug? And he would just, like, look at me and shake his head. So. Wow. So, so he you... might not like me because I would joke around and call him Junebug. Did he request a trade because of <laughs> Because <laughs> I was bullying him yeah, with yeah. his nicknames. You heard <laughs> you it go to a better environment, like the Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> um, gosh, I mean, I, I don't know who we want to start with. Um, do we want to save Dorian or do we want to talk about Dorian now? I, mean, I would love for us to all rescue Dorian. <laughs> <laughs> Dory, so I was actually looking up uh, a few days ago his games played in franchise history, and so he's 15th in franchise history of games played for the Mavs. Uh, these are people from 16 to 20. He has more games played in Dallas than Josh Howard, than Eric Dampier, more games played than Steve Nash, and Jay Vincent, and then Maxie is actually 20th. So Maxie actually might move up a few spots. Dwight Powell's getting up there too. I was uh, talking about where he is. Yeah, we've we've talked about him for um, a bit when climbing up this list because I think Dwight's tied with Sean Bradley right now. I could be wrong on that, um, but Dwight's gonna climb up a few more spots uh, this year. But man, Dorian's just one of my—I mean, he's literally one of my favorite all-time Mavs. Uh, when Dorian came in, just his story—you know, undrafted guy and how he you know stuck in the league and he played a lot early on. Dirk got hurt and they threw this you know, undrafted guy in the starting lineup. It's like, all right, I guess we're doing this. Uh, but he was one of the first guys we came, I started covering the Mavs like um, his first year. And that was my first year, like in the locker room and all that stuff. That's when we could go in the locker room and ha have all the conversations. And, and that's where I got to know Dorian and talking shoes and life and wrote a story about 
Uh, that was before my kids were born. I wrote a story about becoming a girl dad. Talked to him about that, uh, about being a girl dad, and uh, just a just a fun dude, man. I I can't wait to see him. I mean, we're this is coming out on Saturday, so I can't wait to see him on on Friday night and hopefully reconnect with him for a, a few seconds. But uh, yeah, just a good dude. Yeah, I don't I don't buy many like Mavs jerseys anymore. Uh, but Dorian was the last like Mavs jersey I bought. So mm. Mm. <laughs> that needs to leave a moment to set in. Uh, <laughs> love that guy. I love Dennis too. Uh, I deleted my uh, Twitter account, and I wish that I hadn't only for this because I remember. Maybe I didn't actually tweet this. Maybe I said it on a podcast. But this was during the during Dennis's second season here, so Luca's rookie year. Um, there was a game against maybe the Clippers. Uh, was that the game where he got his like his tooth knocked out and he was defending Tobias Harris and like he, got that stop he, at the he end of the game? Tobias at the yeah. free throw line. And I remember thinking like even kind of before that game, but also especially after that game, like maybe long term if the jump shot isn't there for Dennis and like whatever, Luke is kind of the point guard now at that point in the season. Dennis had the ball, you know, didn't have the ball in his hands as often as he had before. Like man, this guy is still a physical freak and he's he knows how to play basketball, so like he could be a really good defender. Like, if that's what he wanted to do, he could just become a defensive point guard um, and then work on the jump shot and hope that develops. Uh, of course, that, you know, didn't happen in Dallas. But all of a sudden, you look up last year, and Dennis is, like, one of the best defensive point guards in basketball. Like, he's just unbelievable. And, uh, you know, so much that um, I think it was at the New York Times or was the Ringer or something, some, like, basketball outlet listed him as one of the top 25 players in the NBA. Defensive players in the oh, NBA. Like, yeah, not, not overall players. <laughs> Whoa, what a leap. Top 25 <laughs> defenders in the NBA. And it's, like, very well deserved. He's a, he's a dog on defense. And uh, it's really cool to see, you know, ordinarily, like, role players will kind of reinvent themselves or, like, guys that were once superstars that are sort of aging out will reinvent themselves. Like, we saw Dirk kind of, you know, uh, embrace a lesser role as he aged out a little bit. But we don't often see guys that were lottery picks that were maybe like fringe busts. Like Dennis was not in the NBA for a while, you know, and he was kind of like a fifth stringer for a little while. But reinvent themselves as like a 22 or 23-year-old and come back and just be an immediately impactful player because they're really good at like one thing, you know, and they don't care about getting 25 points a game or anything. So I think it's really, really cool that Dennis was able to do that over the course of a couple of years, just completely shift his perception uh, around the league and around fans, whatever, and like make find a way to make a really, really positive impact on the floor. Uh, and then also, be remiss if we didn't mention, Spencer Denwitty had 30 points off the bench in a game seven on the road. Like yeah. that really happened in that Phoenix game. Everybody remembers Luka matching the Suns point for point in the first half, but like Denwitty had 30. Like he was only here for one year, but he has a he had a buzzer beater. He had that 30-point game, key player of on a conference finals team. Like, what a run he had here. The dunk over Rudy. Oh, just, it's just yeah. thunderous. Dude, he cocked yeah. it all the way back and threw it down. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it the, was the a, game a winners, great too. He had a, I mean, it feels like he had a, a good little amount of game winners. Yeah, that here. Boston-Brooklyn run. Yeah, Boston and, one. Uh, yeah, a bunch of clutch shots. Does, so. he, does he get a tribute video last night? Uh, Yes. Did he? Yes, he did. <laughs> As a matter of fact, yeah, he did. He did. Um. Maybe that one made me cry too. I don't know. I guess you'll, have, you'll have to email me or post in the comments below if you think I cried. Can you I take cried. like a selfie uh, and share it? I'll, I'll live stream on my Facebook page. Perfect. MySpace? Yeah. I don't have a MySpace. <laughs> uh, maybe I do. Maybe I don't have the password. 
I don't know. I'll Google me. Find <laughs> out. Uh, okay, so I want to dive into last night's basketball game. So there was there were a couple big ones. Lakers Suns. I didn't stay up for all of that, but there was Boston and Philly, uh, or not Boston and Philly. Good God, it was Philly and uh, the Bucks. Dame's debut. You know, you got Dame and Giannis going at it. Dame closes the game. Man, that was such a great. It was like the Bucks were up big. Sixers came back. Sixers took a lead. It was like trading 12-0 runs in the fourth quarter, and then down the stretch, Dame closed the door. And uh, I, I know that y'all were locked in last night too, so I just want to hear, like, Isaac, what did you what'd you think <laughs> about that game? Well, <clears throat> I knew I was going to watch an old guy on TV. P.J. Tucker was playing. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say Giannis isn't that. Dame is getting up there, though. But honestly, I couldn't watch any of it because I was watching The Golden Bachelor. I'm with okay. you. Yeah, it's not Dame time. It's bachelor time <laughs> <laughs> what is this guy's name is, is his name like sam like could it be sam time no sam, same time gary gary time <laughs> his name is gary but it's gary like he spells it weird yeah, it it's, throws it's me off g-e-r-r-y yeah. so it's a jerry no it's no, gary no, that's no. not a real i know it's, it's gary that's it's a gary. pseudonym yeah it's gary it was a little controversial last night like my winner was ellen wait are we gonna like what if these people are watching and don't want to get the spoilers on The Bachelor? Well, that's I don't on know them. if we have a lot they, of crossover on Bachelor fans. There is Mavs ratio, but yeah. yeah, I don't know. Well, they should don't, have already watched it. All. Okay, okay. All right, he <laughs> sent somebody home that was my pick to win it, and I was thoroughly shocked. You're reeling. Yeah. How much? How many? How much action did you put on that? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you wet the uh, beat. <laughs> we can't. <laughs> We can't. Can we reference the odds on here? It's not about sports. I don't know, Chopper. What do you think? No betting, no tipping. No tipping. Okay. Uh, but it's a little shocking, you know. I was just kind of, and then you know, Bachelor in Paradise comes on after that, which is always just full of the drama and the and this. You know, okay, which Mavericks player would thrive in Paradise? I think Tim. But he's, he's why Tim? He's from Miami. He's a beach guy. You know, like. That's that's his setting is on a beach and that's where paradise is. So that's true. I've never seen either show, so I don't. Bobby, you <laughs> do. Golden Bachelor is wholesome. I guess I would assume Bachelor in Paradise is not quite as wholesome. It's a little different. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little more like yeah. Love Island. I've never seen that either, but I know it can be kind of salacious. Mm. Yeah, I don't really know about Love Island, but Raunchy. I mean, it's this is the Golden <laughs> Bachelor is the most like wholesome reality TV show you could watch. Yeah. It's yeah. so sweet. He you sounds think? like Big Bird too. And, and, okay. <laughs> and, and you, that makes you want to watch. <laughs> uh, which Mavs do you think are fans of? I mean, do you do y'all know any of the Mavs players watch? Like, probably gosh. any that have a girlfriend or yeah. wife. I would say. Uh, I feel like a lot of people watch and they don't want to admit it. <laughs> no, I I know one Mavs that I know for sure watches it. That like, you, that he doesn't want to want you to say who. A hundred percent. No, it's oh. Seth Curry. So oh, he, he's, Seth Curry, a hundred percent watches it because his wife Callie Curry. It, she works for The Ringer. She hosts the podcast that talks about The Bachelor each week. Oh, yeah? And so she, like, <clears throat> they recap everything. Love is Blind, which is a great show, too, by the way. But, you know, it, it's she talks about The Bachelor. She even talks about watching some of it with Seth. So I know Seth watches it. So, okay. Seth, if you want to come on, talk Bachelor with Austin and I. That'd be great. Seth can, is kind of like a, he's like a, a, a man of mystery. You know, he doesn't really talk much. He doesn't really, like, he's not a big poster or anything. Maybe if we start talking Bachelor, he'll open up more. It'd come out of a show? Yeah, I think so. Do you think that he's the kind of person, like, do you think he likes the show, or do you think he watches it with his wife just because his wife is into it? Like I said, I feel like people don't want to admit 
how much they like it, but like it draws you in. You're hooked. Yeah. That's when you how start I started. Watch- I yeah. started off and like, dude, I gotta watch this thing. But you know what? It's the it's the dumb TV. Everybody needs something just dumb that gets your mind off of anything else in life. That you're gonna sit down for like 45 minutes to an hour and like this is the stupidest thing I'm I'm watching all week. But you know what? Kind of enjoy it because it's not everything else well that's for regular bachelor but this the golden bachelor i feel like is not done like it's, yeah it's like thoughtful tv it's yeah i feel like nice. it's so all the women are like like one lady gets to go on a date and normal bachelor they would all be pissed this one they're like let me curl your hair let me like oh, we're so nice. excited like, for you and like yeah. just teamwork and yeah really happy happy like being happy that other people are happy. If yeah. Gary doesn't find love, I will. I will be heartbroken. Mm. Gary, uh, what would be more devastating, <laughs> Gary ending the season single or the Mavs missing the play-in? Oh man, that's close. Oh, the, uh, <laughs> I'm really invested with both. Okay, I mean, so uh, yeah. Gary doesn't have much time left. So, <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> man, <laughs> they, they showed a preview for the uh, home for what his funeral for uh, his. Uh, he goes on like the hometowns next week. Yeah. And there's a grandkid's like, are you gonna be my new papa? Oh man, like, that's. There was there is a one of the women missed her daughter's funeral or not funeral missed. Her- <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> I'm sorry, wedding or daughter's. <laughs> that's also bad. This is wholesome. <laughs> yeah. What wedding. happens on the normal show? <laughs> I will say, I'm thoroughly intrigued because fantasy suites are coming up. And we need to know, yeah, what that situation. How fantasy like. suites are gonna go okay. down? Okay, all right. <laughs> we gotta move on to World Series talk. They this might. Is, this is I, I. This is does not feel wholesome to me. This is like bumming me. We out, need to get man. Bobby on Paradise. <laughs> Bobby, they'd vote me off the island. Bobby's like, just over there playing chess on the beach. <laughs> yeah. Which? How many Pokemon can I catch on this island? Are there any stops around here? Uh, okay, so. Uh, game one of the World Series, the Rangers versus the D-backs, the, the Rangers versus the Snakes. Wait, what did you say? D- D-backs? D-backs, like okay. Diamondbacks. Okay, I was making sure you said backs. <laughs> yeah, D-backs are short for Diamondbacks. <laughs> yeah. Baseball, baseball guy. Yeah, big baseball guy, Isaac. <laughs> uh, Go baseball. So uh, the, the Mavs players picked the World Series. Now, of course, I, to, to reel you in for the second segment, I said that one of them picked the Diamondbacks to win. Now none of them picked the Diamondbacks to win. I can say one of the one of the Mavs players is definitely wrong. Yeah. Okay. Because Maxi Kleba predicted that the the Rangers would win in one game. I don't know. Do you, I don't, I don't do you think, think that's ever happened before. Yeah. yeah. So That'd be first. Yeah. What if like the Rangers win like seventy five zero and the Diamondbacks are like you know what we, we just, give up we, just, we quit. Yeah. The Maxi will be right, but yeah, I, I think it's gonna go more than one game. Yeah, probably. It's I think it's gonna go at least four. Dwight predicted a sweep. <laughs> yeah. What's y'all's predictions? Um, the Rangers have been better on the road this year in the playoffs, but I, I'm going to go six Rangers in six. Yeah. Okay. Rangers in six <laughs> for sure. Rangers in five. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Let's do this. Yeah. Evaldi was Friday night. Um, I don't know. Montgomery is Saturday. Yep. Is it? I don't know. I mean, yeah. I'm assuming so. Who knows? No, I've actually been roped. In. <laughs> I've been roped in a little bit to the baseball world. I was like, yeah, this is kind of this is kind of fun. You yeah. know, it's not all boring. And okay, but, one guy on the Mavs that could play baseball. Who would it be? Ooh, um, is Seth like a? I know Seth is really good at golfing, but didn't he play baseball too growing up? I, or I, I might be misremembering that. I know um, Dwight's always been good at Dirk's baseball thing. Multiple MVPs. Yeah. Talking about wholesome content was the Luca Dirk. 
with Rangers, you know, the jerseys and all that stuff and yeah. and all that. It's that was And Luca with the stash too. Good look. I do like that. Yeah. Uh, I like I like the stash. Okay. I think he's got to shave the his face more if he wants to keep the stick. It's yeah, like yeah, stash and then like You got to got to pick one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got to pick one. Well, we'll see. I think the Rangers are going to win in 3 games. Uh no, I think they're going to win in 6. They're going to win in 6. Yeah. Maybe yeah. less. They're really swinging the bats well and tossing the the ball well too. They're doing it all well. <laughs> uh, tune in next week to find out if the Rangers end up winning the World Series or not. We got uh, more basketball ahead, too, man. This is an action-packed time of year, of course. The Mavs, next week, they're going to be playing uh, at the Grizzlies and then versus the Bulls, and then they're kicking off the in-season tournament next Friday at Denver. That is going to be a tough place to play in a very tough game. Um, but a big opportunity here for the Mavs to continue their hot start to this. Well, <laughs> hot start. They won one game uh, <laughs> to continue a, a an inspired start to the season. And uh, we'll follow along with you every step of the way here on the Mavs YouTube channel from Studio 41 presented by Chime on the Corner 3. A couple other programs real quick before we leave. And I know I'm over time. Chopper and Cat, please forgive me for this. But I'm trying to do some cross promos. We got Take That With You coming to you every week. That's Mondays or Tuesdays. Um, with uh, uh, Mark Follow and Brian Damaris. We have the Somos Mavs podcast that just kicked off this week a couple days ago. That is an all Spanish language podcast hosted by Victor Villalba, who uh, calls the games on Spanish radio for the Mavs, and also Alex Villarreal. So uh, if you're a Spanish speaker, or if you want to learn Spanish, or if you just want to watch two dudes talk in sports with all of their hearts, hey, tune into that podcast as well. And we have a whole lot more coming out of the, uh, uh, coming out of the studio on our YouTube channel from me, from Isaac, from Austin, and uh, from a very uh, familiar cast of characters that you'll see more of here very soon. So uh, thank you all for joining me today. Appreciate you. Let's do it again same time next week. Let's do it. Sounds good. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, thank you to Cat and Chopper in the back, and we hope you all have a great weekend, and we'll see you next week.